0: I'm just going to take a few minutes of your time tonight church and we're going to look we're going to continue to look at our series of what is a disciple and tonight we're talking about the cost of being a disciple and it says there to take up your cross because last week, obviously, Pastor Matt introduced our series and he shared this verse that I'm going to share, but I'm going to speak about a bit more um, in depth tonight. We're going to study this, see what this actually means for us today and how we apply it to our lives. So if we look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Church, let's pray as we begin to look at God's word together. Lord, we pray that tonight, that, that as, as I would sure God, would your Holy Spirit speak? Would it fall on the ears of those who would need to hear it? God, would we encounter your word like we haven't before? Would you shape our minds? Would you change our hearts? God, I pray for each person that is in this place tonight, and God that, that they are here for a purpose. God, I thank you for their presence here. And I thank you, God, that tonight that you want to speak to them, God that you want to have, you want to have your way in this place. So Lord, we just offer these next few minutes to you. We pray that you would be blessed by them. And God, we pray that you bless us through the, through the sharing in your word. God, we give you all the praise that's in your Son's holy and precious name, we pray. Amen. Church, what did Jesus mean when he said, Take up your cross? When he told the disciples to take up their cross and follow me? What did Jesus mean when he said, Take up your cross? And follow me. That's the question that we really want to answer. In the next few minutes we have together. But I want to say first. About what Jesus didn't mean. Because I think this idea of taking up your cross. It might have become a bit distorted. From when Jesus said it. And how he meant it. So what Jesus didn't mean. Is that he didn't mean a strained relationship. He didn't mean take up, take up the cross, a difficult relationship. He didn't mean a thankless, dead-end job. He didn't mean a physical illness. These aren't the things that Jesus is talking about. But I want to be clear. I don't want to trivialize these things. So the, the difficult moments that we go through in our lives, as Jackie shared tonight, Cast your curse upon him. Cast your burdens upon him. Christ absolutely cares about what you're going through. The difficult seasons in your life, he absolutely cares and he is absolutely there for you. It's just not necessarily what he's saying when he tells you to take up your cross. Because a lot of people interpret that word cross as the burden that they carry in their lives, like we we say this that it's that it's my cross to birth, it's my cross that I have to carry, but that's not really what Jesus meant when he said to take up your cross and follow me. Because see, when Jesus carried his cross up Golgotha, when Jesus went to Calvary to be crucified, nobody was then thinking of the cross as symbolic of a burden to carry. When Jesus carried the cross up that hill, nobody was thinking that that cross is a symbol of the burdens in their lives. That's not what it was. So to a person in the first century, at the time when Jesus is showing this, the cross actually meant one thing. And it really meant one thing and one thing only. It was death. And it was not only death, it was by the most painful, the most humiliating means that a human could think of. And 2,000 years later, Christians view the cross as a cherished symbol. We look at it and it's our atonement, it's our forgiveness, it's grace, it's love. But in Jesus' day, the cross represented nothing but the death. See, because the Romans, they, they forced convicted criminals. And if you, know, if you know the story of Jesus on the cro- cross, you'll know that it wasn't just him there. You'll know that he was hung beside two, a criminal either side of him as well. He was hung beside two criminals because the Romans forced convicted criminals to carry their crosses to the place where they would then be crucified. Obviously, Jesus, in the lead up to this, he suffered more than anybody else would suffer. He, he wasn't somebody who was deserving of the cross that he was given. He wasn't deserving of the cross that he died upon, but he did take up his cross. He did take up the cross. So he did as convicted criminals did, and he took it to the place of crucifixion. And see, bearing a cross meant carrying your own execution device and it's while you're being ridiculed along the way to what would ultimately be your death so you see therefore take up your cross and follow me it means being willing to die to ourselves in order to follow Christ this is called dying to self When he says to take up your cross, it means to die to yourself. But what that actually means is it means an absolute surrender. See, because Christ gave everything for you on the cross. And he's not telling you to go and to do that. He's just simply telling you to surrender your life to him. Because nobody can take up the cross the way that Christ did. Because even if you, if you carried a cross up there as the other criminals did, well, nobody else took upon themselves to die for the sins of humanity, past and future. It was only Jesus who did that. But he tells you to take up your cross and he tells you to, to surrender all that you are to him. And see, after each time Jesus commanded crossbearing, he said things like we read in this verse, Luke chapter 9, 24 and 25. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Church, can I encourage you that the call is tough, but the reward is matchless. You see, when Christ tells you to take up your cross and follow him, when he tells you to surrender your life to him, yes, that it's not always the easy decision especially in, in the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Or maybe you're somebody who nobody around you is really a Christian bar that one weirdo who invited you to church tonight. Maybe in your workplace you're the only one. And people, people swear and then they're like, oh, sorry about that. And then they do it again anyway. And then it's like, oh, sorry about that. and It's, it's just this strange, like awkward interaction. Maybe you are the one that feels that. And listen, Christ, yes, he calls us to give up of ourselves. He calls us to surrender ourselves to him, to give our lives to him, to have a relationship with him for all of eternity. Is that call difficult? Yes, it is. But the reward is matchless. We will spend eternity with God. When the Bible promises us that, It promises us no more pain, no more suffering, and it says that it's forever. It says that God will be faithful to us forever. We sang that earlier tonight, and I was actually thinking of it in line with this message, because, you know, we talked about those difficult circumstances that we we go through. But can I encourage you that even if you're in a difficult season, or you have been, and you're not sure what that's all about, one day that will be revealed to you. But even through difficult seasons, God is still faithful to you. Look at his word, and look at what he has done for you. God is still faithful to you. Wherever Jesus went, he drew crowds. And although these multitudes, they followed him as Messiah, their view of who the Messiah, the Savior, really was and what he would do, it was a bit distorted. See, they thought the Christ would usher in a restored kingdom. They thought that he would come and it would just look different. They believed that he would free them from the, the oppression of, um, of the Roman Empire, of their Roman occupiers. This is what people thought of when Christ would return. And even, even Christ's own inner circle of disciples, they thought the kingdom was, was coming soon. And it says this in Luke Chapter 19 and verse 11 As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed, and that's the important part, they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. See, they didn't quite, Christ wasn't quite what they expected, and yet he was everything that they needed. He didn't come as they thought that he would come, but he came exactly as he needed to come. And sometimes our lives are a bit of a reflection of that. It's like we go through things that we don't expect to go through. Things aren't as easy as we feel like they should be. And yet everything you experience, you need to experience. And one day, if it's not revealed to you here, it will be revealed to you when you're face to face with your Savior. One day you will understand why. You see, when Jesus began teaching that he was going to die at the hands of the Jewish leaders and their, and their, their Gentile overlords. In Luke 9.22, he describes this. His popularity, it began to sink. He, he told people how he was going to die and he was, no, he was no longer as popular as he had been. Many of his followers rejected him. They were not able to put to death their own ideas, their plans, their desires and exchange them for what Christ was offering them. Take up your cross and follow me. See, following Jesus is easy when life runs smoothly. Our true commitment to him is revealed during trials. Jesus assured us, he assured his followers when he was on earth that trials would come. In John sixteen thirty-three, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Church discipleship demands sacrifice. If you are a disciple of Jesus it does demand that you give of yourself. Jesus didn't hide that cost. He didn't pretend that it was something else. He didn't say it was something that it wasn't going to be and we don't do that either. We want to tell you exactly as Christ told us. And, and again, in, in Luke 9, we read of um, some, a few people that seemed willing to follow Jesus. But when Jesus questions them further, their commitment was half-hearted at best. They failed to count the cost of following him. And none of them were willing to take up their cross. and and to crucify upon it their own interests, their own desires. It just looked different to what they thought it would. And, And I think this is where sometimes churches get it wrong. And I'm not here to criticize other churches. I'm not here to criticize our church. But I'm just saying that sometimes the message is unclear. And Jesus wanted it to be clear. This is what I am asking of you. But what I am going to give to you, it's more, it is far more than you could ever imagine. The reward that we gain, it's, it's matchless, it's unparalleled. So Jesus, he, he appears to dissuade them How different the the typical gospel presentation. How many people would respond to an altar call that went, come and follow Jesus. You'll probably lose friends, family, reputation, career, possibly even your life. It's not really the most inviting. And yet this is how Jesus presents it. But if, if it was presented like that, then perhaps you wouldn't have people who would come and then fall away because it's not all that they expected it to be. You need to present Christ for all that He is and all that He is asking of you. Such a call is what Jesus meant when he said, "Take up your cross and follow me." It's the surrender, to surrender all. If you wonder if you're ready to take up your cross, consider these questions. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing some of your closest friends? And yet you will gain a friend that will never leave you? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means alienation from your family? And when I wrote this, I actually remembered Terry a few weeks ago and how her, her parents actually sent her packing. And yet she's experienced the faithfulness of God ever since because you will inherit a family that you cannot lose, that will never alienate you. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means the loss of your reputation? You might not be known on earth, but you're known in heaven. You mightn't be anybody here, but you're most certainly somebody there. And again, that'll never be taken away. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your job? Funny, we're, we were reading um, in, our, in our yearly plan there, we were reading about the life of Job, and this is somebody that God took everything away from. And, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's a challenging story. But you see, in the end, again, we see that it was worth it. We sang those words this morning. In the end, we'll see that it was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your life? You see, in some places of the world, these consequences are reality. And praise God that not many of us will ever have to experience this. But notice the questions are phrased. Are you willing? See, following Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that all these things will happen to you. But are you willing to take up your cross? Are you willing to leave all of these things behind? If there comes a point in your life when you're faced with a choice, Jesus or the comforts of this world, what will you choose? There's not much else that I can present to you tonight because we're talking about the cost. Well, this is it. Commitment to Christ means taking up your cross daily, daily giving up your hopes, dreams, possessions, even if your very life, even if your life it need, it need to be for the cause of Christ only if you willingly take up your cross, may you be called his disciple. It says in Luke chapter 14, verse 27, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The reward is worth the price, church. Jesus followed his call of death to self. He didn't do anything. He, sorry. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he himself would not do. Because, you know, all of these things that are presented to us, as I said, they're not something that we'll necessarily ever experience. But are you willing? Because Christ was willing to lose all of this for you. He gave his life upon the cross for you. It says in Matthew chapter 16. With this I finish. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. See there's life in Christ. Because yes these are things that we could be asked to give up. But what Christ offers to us. What's presented to us. Is life. And the Bible describes it. Christ describes it as life and life to the full to its fullest because you see when when Christ offers you when Christ offers you life it's it's forever it's eternity with him with the one who would give up absolutely everything for you Christ laid down his life for you are you willing to do the same is anybody thankful for the cross tonight is anybody thankful for the fact that Jesus shed his blood for us what a privileged position that we find ourselves in because you could be nowhere you could be lost but in Christ you have been found you'll never be let go You'll never be abandoned. You'll never be alienated. In Christ, these things are promised to you forever. So we're going to stand. Can I invite you all to stand? And we're going to sing a final song. We simply want to give thanks to Christ for all that he has done, for what he has given of us. And I hope that tonight encourages you.